Welcome everyone to episode 28 of Ohio Unsolved. I'm your host Matthew, and I've got another creepy one for you. But first, some news. First, we're getting closer to hitting 10,000 total plays. And before anything else, thank you all so much to everyone that listens and comes back weekly to hear these stories. Remember, once we hit 10,000, there will be a giveaway on the Facebook group. And the prize pack includes an Ohio Unsolved t-shirt, stickers, buttons, and a keychain. So make sure you're in the group to get a chance to win this awesome prize pack. Next week will also be a week off for the podcast, but I'm hoping to get the next Patreon-exclusive bonus episode out next week, or possibly the week after. Now with all that out of the way, let's just get right into the episode. Everyone sit back, make sure to lock your doors and windows, and get ready for Ohio Unsolved. The theme for our stories today is Ouija boards and haunted houses. All of the stories come from yourghoststories.com. So if you haven't checked out this website yet, it's got all kinds of stories from all over the world, and it's definitely worth reading. I always wanted to use the Ouija board because I felt that maybe it might actually work since I've always felt connected with spirits. Also, because of how spooky it was to find it. My friend's mom and dad found the Ouija board buried about four feet under a house that they were remodeling. Me and my friend tried to play it every time we spent the night at her house, just hoping that one time it would work. We'd light candles and all this other spiritual stuff, but it never did. Until one night. It was my birthday, and a couple of my closest friends were staying the night. I had Alex bring it over, because I thought that maybe it would work better with more people. It was late at night, and we all stuck two fingers on the planchette. It was me, three of my friends, my sister, and my brother. I was a speaker, or whatever you call it so I was asking all of the questions. I asked it if anybody would like to talk to us. After trying for so long that night, it moved. 
it went to yes. Not very fast, but we were all so amazed. We never actually thought that it was going to work. I knew none of us could be moving it. All of our fingers were on it so lightly. And just the way that it moved, it didn't seem like it was any of us. I asked it a lot of questions, and it answered them. I can't remember them all, though. Then I asked if it knew it. It said yes. My brother died in 2001, so I thought it might be him. I asked if it was Kenny, and it went straight to yes, and my siblings burst into tears. We told it we loved him and that we missed him, and we asked how heaven was and stuff. Then I ran to my dad because I was so excited to tell him that we were talking to Kenny. He's never believed in spirits or ghosts or anything like that. I just wanted to prove to him that it was true. He said that we were moving it. So I told my dad to ask a question that none of us would know the answer to that we could never get right. And he asked, what was the name of the guy who you brought home to beat me up? It took a while and then it moved to a couple of letters and spelled out a name. My dad said it was wrong. We knew that we weren't moving it, so it couldn't be us. And then I realized that we weren't talking to my brother. I don't know if we ever were. I felt betrayed. And I thought that whatever we were talking to was evil, for even saying that it was my brother. Then I said, this isn't Kenny, is it? And it went straight to no. That scared us. We asked if it knew any of us, and it said yes. We asked who, and it said Ashley. And then Ashley asked if it was her grandpa, and it went to yes really quick. We asked it how many kids her grandpa had, and we didn't say the answer out loud because it, we figured it was only saying the things we said, and that's how it answered all the ones about Kenny. And it said the wrong answer. I said, this isn't her grandpa, is it? And it went to no. And I felt a cold chill, and we all stopped playing with it at that point. I think that whoever or whatever we were talking to that night is still in my house. The lights will flicker, and the doors open and close on their own. And my room is the worst of all. It's always so cold, and I have horrible nightmares in there now and lights never work. They always break right away. We even had a guy come over and try to fix my ceiling light, and right after he did, it broke again. I feel a presence in my house, and it scares me at times. It feels like I'm being watched constantly. I don't know what it is, but it freaks me out. Our next story is someone's experience with sleepwalking and demons in their house. I understand as you read this that you will be skeptical, but keep in mind I am writing this to help anyone suffering from night possession, bad dreams, or spiritual harassment. 
First, I would like to start my story by saying for many years, I have been a very bad sleepwalker. I sleepwalk a lot, and I researched it very much. The sleepwalking I had was very similar to the way night terrors are described on Wikipedia, but also very different. I once chased my roommate's son, and I tried to hurt him. I have punched doors, walls, broken chairs, and other furniture. The scariest two times for me, however, when once I woke up and thought to myself, oh no, not again. The fact that I could think that and then continue my sleepwalk rampage upset me a little. The other time was when I hadn't slept for a day and I worked night shift at the time. My roommates were getting ready for work and I was already ready, so I sat in a chair and I nodded off for about 10 minutes. They were still getting ready when I stood up, walked up to my roommate and stared at her. Her husband said, Yo, bro, you okay? And it was then that I woke up. The whole time that this was happening, I could see them, but it was like my vision was very blurry. When I woke up after he asked if I was okay, my heart was pounding fast. And I looked down, and my hands were in fists and were shaking really bad. And I had an adrenaline rush. And this brings me to the next section of my story. Me and my friends were messing around with a Ouija board, and we finally got it to work, but it really was half garbled messages and stuff, and we soon thought of another better way to communicate. I won't say how, because I don't want anyone else to do this ever. For one, we got very lucky during communication, and two, it is very, very dangerous. I would highly advise against using Ouija boards or any other form of spirit communication. I know you are curious, but try hard to not to do it. The information that we got was both frightening and somehow comforting. I know you, as the reader, are of course skeptical of my story and any story that you see on here. But I've read stories that with the information I now have, I can say yes, that's definitely true or read replies answering people asking for help and think to myself, yep, that person has experience and it will help. Some of the things that we discovered were, yes, demons are freaking real. Yes, they are and they will try to cut in on any spirit communication you have. Two, anyone who is into New Age Wicca stuff is completely wrong. Please, please, please do not listen to them. Crystals, salts, and all of that will not help you. You might end up getting into serious trouble listening to them. One of the things I asked the spirits was if I was being possessed when I sleptwalk, and they said yes. They told me the name of the demon and everything, and told me that I would hurt someone. I asked, how can I be rid of this demon? And I got a very clear message, and it said to me, Jesus and love. Please keep in mind, dear reader, that I am not Christian, and in fact, up to that point, I was very anti-Christian. 
I thought Christians believed in some Middle East myth much like the Greek gods and tried hard to push their man-made book-born mythology onto the rest of us. But when demons tried to interfere with a communication, I used his name and they were scared. It would clear communication up enough for us to get straight answers for a bit. But I want to share with you and anyone suffering from fear, sleep possession, demon harassment, hauntings, and any would-be Ouija board or automatic rider user the things that I have learned from these communications. Number one, demons are real. The other side is real. And you have spirit guides. Angels are real as well. Number two, rituals don't work. Almost not at all. There are two that I know of that do, and I will only tell you one. It's called the family ritual, where the family, blood family only, meet and ask thankfulness from God. Number three, Jesus and the love are the only things that can save you from demons. Demons hate. They are here from hate, and they want you because they hate. They want two things. They either want to control you, or they want you to cut your time here short. Demons like to attack in your sleep, or when you are otherwise at your most vulnerable state. If you suffer from this, just try this. Just say, in Jesus' name, be gone, and it will work. Number four, spirit guides cannot read your mind. Angels and demons can. Number five, reincarnation is real. Number six, the Torah is the most accurate version of the Bible. The New Testament is not very accurate. Number seven, demons can and will try to jump on the chance to take over and possess during stuff like automatic writing and Ouija board communication. Beware and remember Jesus. Number eight, Demons do use backward speech. If you ever get a message, and for any reason that says something backwards, immediately ask the spirit, do you love Jesus? A demon cannot say yes. They can lie about all kinds of stuff, but they cannot lie about that. Also, if you ever see a spirit, it will appear as a shadowy figure, mentioned a lot in most ghost stories. Beware, shadows are not good, ever. Number nine, during any spirit communication, constantly verify stuff with Jesus' name and love and make sure a demon is not cutting in trying to cause harm. And number 10, if you have trouble at any time, remember Jesus is there for you and Michael, the archangel, is there for you as well. Michael can be in more than one place at a time. Ask him to banish evil spirits wanting to do you harm, and he will help. I know that I'm sounding preachy and talking about Jesus a lot, but I once hated him, and when I needed him, he was there for me. I no longer sleepwalk. I am no longer scared when I'm alone or I sit in the dark. I can now live my life and not have to worry about spirit stuff anymore. 
If you're being harassed by something unknown, remember what I wrote here. It will help. I've also learned through communications that most ghost hunters, demonologists, psychic investigators, and super devout religious people don't know squat about ghosts, spirits, or demons. That was an interesting story, to say the least. Ouija boards are no good. Whether you're a believer or not, just don't mess with them. And I feel that I should also add that that was a story, and none of what I just read was my own personal opinion. Just don't mess with Ouija boards. That's my opinion. Don't mess with them. Nothing good can come from it. About 10 months ago, in August, I had been having very strange occurrences. Every time I'd go to sleep, I would feel a presence, as if someone or something was watching me. There was one night that I was trying to fall asleep, but I couldn't because I heard something else breathing with me. That's when I told my ex-boyfriend he thought that I was overreacting. I tried to ignore the presence as much as I could, until one night, my ex and his friend came over to my house at around 2 a.m. His friend said that he thinks the Santeria bracelets that I had on were the reason that something was watching me. He looked at one of the bracelets and found that one of the eyes had two black dots instead of one. That means that someone had placed an evil eye on me. We burned it and checked if the other bracelet had anything, but it didn't, so I left it on. That night, I fell asleep without problem. I had a strange dream, though, that the bracelet was still intact. All of a sudden, I woke up lying on my back, which was strange because I had fallen asleep on my stomach, and I don't move that much in my sleep. I could hear my brother getting ready for school, so I figured that it was around 5.30 a.m. Being that early, I tried to go back to sleep, but as soon as I closed my eyes, I felt something touching my shoulders, and before I could even try to figure out what it was, I was pinned so hard that I could feel my bed denting. I could still hear my brother's footsteps outside my door, so I tried to scream but all that came out was a whisper of breath. I began to panic, trying to kick myself free, but to no use. The pressure on me just increased. I started to hear a strange sound that I can only describe as the sound of wind blowing. It was rushing through my ears, growing louder and louder. I started to feel as if my insides were moving. Not painful, but not in a comfortable way either. I felt like it was trying to pull me out of my body. I prayed silently to God to please make it stop, and as soon as it did, I ran out of my room and went downstairs. My brother was eating breakfast. It was 6.15 a.m. I checked the bracelet that I still had on, and again, I was shocked to see that one of the eyes now had two dots on it. 
but when we checked it last night, it didn't have anything. I later found out through my grandmother, who has contact with spirits. Not by choice, they just come to her as they please. That there is a spirit that is envious of my body, and he wants it. Whenever I let my guard down, that spirit takes the advantage to haunt me in my dreams. He takes a physical form of a friend or a family member, and he has his way with me. He also tried to pin me down again, but it never works. All I can say is that ever since that night, I have heightened a sense to when a spirit or something is in the room. For those of you who have had this problem too, here are some things that you can do. Rearrange your room, mostly your bed, since the spirit knows where you sleep. What this does is confuse the spirit so it can't find you. Place a small glass of water under your bed, and if not, then somewhere close to your bed. But don't be surprised if the water evaporates fast. If you have a spirit in your room, that's exactly what it's supposed to do. If you see it empty, refill it. Place a shot glass of ammonia under your bed. What this does is scares the evil spirits away. They don't like strong smells. If you see it empty, refill it. Also, lavender incense. It helps you go to sleep. The more of these things that you do, the better. I don't know about that REM state, but I really don't want to find out what would have happened if I had just laid there and taken the experience. If it was a dream state, then how did I hear my brother walking down the stairs, and why did I just feel as if something was moving my insides? Do not lay there and just take it. Yet another very interesting story, and possible good ideas to use if any of you are having any similar issues. I can't say that they work 100%, but it's worth a try, even if it makes you feel better. Anything helps. On to our final story. When I was about 12, I had the scariest experience of my life. My family consisted of my mom, dad, and myself. My little bedroom was just off of the kitchen at the back of the house. I was, and still am, an avid reader, and I would stay up late and read books. My parents would be long in bed and sleeping. They would watch the 11 o'clock news headlines and then go straight off to bed. I would be up for hours in the dark, quiet house. I'd never had any uneasy feelings in the house before, and I didn't see anything unusual ever. So one night, after I'd just finished reading, I turned out the light and I got comfortable. I wasn't dozing yet. That's how soon after I had laid down that the most frightening thing happened. I heard my name called in a very harsh whisper, and it was incredibly clear. It was definitely my name. It wasn't a friendly sound at all. It was angry. Well, the expression, my blood ran cold, 
was the best way to describe it. From my head to my toes, I felt as if my blood in my veins had turned to ice. The hair was standing up on the back of my neck, and there was a prickling all over my scalp. These were things that I thought were only vivid descriptions of fright, but I discovered that it described my terror absolutely. I could not move at all. There was no feeling of being held down. I was just absolutely unable to move, frozen in fear. It seemed like forever that I lay there terrified, but it was probably just a couple of minutes. The longest minutes ever. Finally, I was able to move and I felt normal, but scared out of my wits. The icy feeling was gone and my hair relaxed. I was way too scared to get out of bed. You know in the movies, they always say, don't go back in there, and they do, only to end up dead. No way was I going anywhere. I stayed huddled in bed for a long, sleepless night. That was the end of it. Nothing like it ever happened again. I have had a lot of other experiences with the supernatural, but never in that house, and never that horrifying or unexplainable. For the following eight years, I lived there, and there were no other events. I've never been able to come up with an explanation or a reason, and no link to any family tragedy or death. Is it odd to have such an isolated incident like that? I have actually had this happen to me once. I was spending the night at a friend's house and this was probably in 2004 or 2005. I was still awake, and I heard somebody whisper my name very clearly. I didn't get up to investigate, but that was the only thing that happened, and it scared me to death. Well, that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed these stories, please rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. A five-star rating really helps other people to find this podcast. And don't forget to share with friends and family. Also, make sure to join us on Facebook to take part in the giveaway once we hit 10,000 total plays, which should be any day now. Follow us on Instagram, and if you do enjoy this podcast, please consider helping to support the show through Patreon. There's three tiers to choose from, with month monthly bonus episodes available at the $5 tier and up. Once again, thank you all for listening, and make sure to keep your doors and windows locked, and stay ready for Ohio Unsolved.